friends. Yes, sir. And welcome back mm. to Chill Mini number 39. Yum, 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 The yum. 39th mini-sode. Kind of nice. Isn't it? Wow, Jesse's joining in now. Oh, oh. we got him. You ever oh, think about how three threes is nine? Damn. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, and wow. that's it. That's this week's mini. So see you guys next week. See you next week. <laughs> Adios. Okay. Well, sometimes the knowledge that we drop, it's so strong that that's just the show. That's you know what it. I mean? Yeah, that's true. Part of our runtime is you thinking about it for 15 minutes. You ever think about that? 12. <laughs> oh, Four yeah. Jesus, 12. <laughs> All right. The Jesse, what do you bring just because you're excited we today. Just do math. So. I'm excited. You're hitting me first. Well, I feel like um, I want to give you a story. This is kind of a Cox and Crendo crossover with this podcast. A podcast crossover. Future guest. Future guest on Chiluminati. We uh, found this article. It's weird. It is. Uh, you will not expect this twist and turn, but it is about David Lynch. So maybe you will. Okay. okay here we okay. go. This is a photo. This is a description of a photo. In the I know photo, exactly what this is. Oh, I know in what this the photo, is. David <laughs> Lynch is sitting thing. on a couch, and next to him are five woody woodpeckers, stuffed woody woodpeckers. And this is the description of the photo. And I can't even, I have so many questions. I'm just going to take you on a ride. All right, what? here we go. David Lynch is recalling a day in 1981 when he says he rescued five woody woodpecker toys that he saw hanging up as he drove past a petrol station. I screeched on the brakes. I do a U-turn, go back, and I buy them, and I save their lives, he says seriously. I name them Chucko, Buster, Pete, Bob, and Dan. And they were my (laughs) boys. And they were in my office. They were my dear friends for a while. But certain traits started coming out in them, and they became not so nice. They're my boys. Looking straight ahead, he <laughs> says with grim finality, they're not in my life anymore. What? <laughs> what is this? That's the yeah. caption of this photo. <laughs> so it's just it, it's David Lynch looking like normie ass 90s David Lynch. Yes. <laughs> and and he's, he's on a couch with. Five, five exact Woody replica Bo- Woody Woodpecker stuffed figures, stuffed toys. And he says he saw them at a at like a gas station, did a U-turn to go get them. He which is great. I don't know how he saw them driving by, but he did a U-turn to get them. Five Woody Woodpeckers? <laughs> <laughs> he, and then he then he bought them, <laughs> took them to his office, gave them names. He said they, they were my boys. Chuck and they were at my office. Chucko Buster, Pete, Dan, Bob, and Peter, Dan. Bob. Yep. And then the insanity is he then ends it with they were my dear friends for a while, but certain traits started coming out and they became not so nice. They are not in my life anymore. Do you think it's like, <laughs> I just, yeah? Do you think it's like performance art? I don't know. I, I don't, don't know because it's David Lynch. Because it's David Lynch. I don't know if this is a man who desperately needs help or if it's just David Lynch being David Lynch. Yeah, he he's maybe the weird like, you know how weird it is when you're watching Twin Peaks for the first time and you don't know what's going to happen. And then fucking Josie Packard turns into a fucking like doorknob or whatever the fuck she turns into. (laughs) I just that shit is like so fucked up in a way that like your brain would never think of that. There are every time I've watched David Lynch stuff, especially his like weird shorts. 
I don't. Those shorts are. I don't oh know how God. to. I don't know how to explain it to anyone. But I also know that deep underneath this is perhaps David Lynch was a normal person. And then five Woody Woodpeckers came to life <laughs> and tortured this man. He was just like a tech dad with a fanny pack yes. in 91. And then he was like, I will make eraser head. I named them <laughs> Chucko, Buster, Pete, Bob, and Dan. They were my friends for a while, but certain traits started coming out and they became what, not so nice. They're not in my life anymore. What do you think they did together? Like, what do you think their friendship was about? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't understand which one of them was he sleeping with. What traits? Chucko. What certain traits came out? You think it was Chucko? Who yeah. did he make watch? Uh, D- Dan. Yeah, Dan's a watcher. Dan, yeah. Dan's the yeah. watcher. Yeah. Got it. Dan's a Dan's a watcher's name. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. I can't. It's the craziest. Uh, it is three paragraphs that I have read repeatedly today, and I can't get over can't. how <laughs> insane those three paragraphs are. I think from start for to finish. Answers. I think he really is a genius. Oh, like no he's operate. He's operating on another level. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he knows how I feel about these five Woody Woodpecker dolls. I don't know if, <laughs> if either of you keep up with him currently, but he's on YouTube. He has a U. So this is what he's doing. It, it, I'm not Lynch? sure what's happening right now. Yeah, but his YouTube channel for the beginning part of COVID, it was him at home. And he to the first the first couple of videos he made, he would be like, today, I'm going to tell you the weather, the weather in California is and he just give a weather report. But in the background was this weird jar and it kept getting painted and people were like, what is that jar? What is that jar? What is that? jar?" <laughs> and he would never mention it. It would just be there. And then eventually he like he like, this is my number jar and we're going to draw numbers from the jar. And so he starts drawing numbers. And then he never draws seven. And everyone's like, why isn't he picking up seven? Why? It's been weeks. Why no seven? And people are just like losing their minds. Then finally he draws a seven. He's like seven. And everyone's like, what is he doing? It's crazy. Imagine having that reputation. I would kill for that. I would kill to have that reputation. Meanwhile, he's literally just drawing numbers from a jar and reading the weather. People are like, what does it mean? People are like, it's amazing. He's like, I used to be friends with a Woody Woodpecker. And then everybody's (laughs) like, what this guy, what is he doing to me? It's the, the man. It's wild because you know it's either one of two things. He's just like, these people are going to go crazy while I draw numbers and I'll never draw seven. Or he's like trying to tell some fucking wacko story that you can't piece together until you dissect it for 20 hours. I watched, I watched him do a video where he was like, I'm going to teach you how to make broccoli. And he like steams the broccoli with like chicken bouillon water. And he's like, okay, now we got to wait eight minutes. Come with me. And you go out on the balcony with him. And he's like, when I was in the desert, I went on this train. He tells us like whole story about how he like went out in the desert and he got a bottle of Coca-Cola and he like, Gave it to somebody who'd never had Coca-Cola before and it like blew his mind or something like that. I do not remember the actual story, but it was like some weird story about that. And he was like, anyway, let's get back to the broccoli and just went back inside. And and he was like, and this is a good broccoli for you to eat. And but in the middle of it, for no reason, he just tells this like extremely bizarre, long winded story outside. (laughs) I love I honestly love that so much. I just again, I just went to go look today. His today's number today, as he's uh, one thirty one twenty one, the comments are like, 
man, if we don't get two sevens in a row, I'm going to lose it. And this person's like, still <laughs> waiting for 11 to come up. That would be very Lynchian. <laughs> Why That's would it be Lynchian? Amazing. I don't know. I don't know. People out no there are idea. like, ah, oh, he drew another three. The three committee will be happy. What does that mean? <laughs> the comments are just as crazy. I how many, love how many David views Lynch. is he pulling down? Like for real? Is he putting us to shame? Um, he is. With his I will jar? say that he, this video has six thousand views and two hundred twenty-seven comments. It came up today. I don't know what time. Uh, Dang, that's yesterday. That's pretty fast. Twelve hours ago. <laughs> All right, the numbers clearly do not do as well as his weather report. Uh, David Lynch's a one thirty-one twenty-one weather report. Twelve hours ago, twenty-three thousand views, and it's just him for one minute giving the weather and not even like a weird way. You can see in the reflection of his sunglasses. He's just reading the weather report off a computer. Yeah. <laughs> but it's David Lynch saying it. How Lynchian. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I guess that is the most technical definition of Lynchian. <laughs> I just, I, I'm so, I'm so, I had no idea that he was like doing stuff on the reg. He's so old. <laughs> what else is cause yeah, cause he's done. He's basically done. Right. So every, the, uh, what is it? Season three. Uh, Twin Peaks. Lord, Twin Peaks season yeah. three. That was the last thing he did, right? That was it. I, that's the last thing that I know of that he put out, but like, I don't know what he's up to. Like, apparently he's doing some shit. Apparently <laughs> I mean, when you yeah, leave him alone for too long, he starts to m- m- like multiply Woody Woodpecker dolls. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to go to the next one real quick because this is one Jesse's aware of and I actually have questions here. We're going to cover this because we might as well. Okay. Okay. Has science solved the Dyatlov Pass mystery? This is, I think, the third time we're revisiting this goddamn. And this is this isn't the goof one that I sent you, where it was Bigfoot with a space this laser. Is, uh, no, this is a different one that was on National Geographic. So this is the real one, not not this the fake one deal. where it was Bigfoot the entire no. time. Gotcha. No, there's two that came out. There's the real one, like some of fake course. one. The real one, science is saying. Um, that the uh, this was published on the 20th of January 2021, so just a few days ago, by Robin George Andrews on National Geographic, and they are once again saying it is a, um, a um, uh, an avalanche, but it is a small avalanche that was delayed and preceded by a lot of like heavy, like kind of drifting snow. And the reason the tents were all ripped open, it was because the tents were being smothered. And so they needed to get out because the avalanche was coming and they, the, the stuff that was hitting them was um, like smothering the tents. OK, and so they cut their way out, left, but dragged some people that were already not in already good shape. And that's why it looks like there were people that were kind of like in weird positions. They're not sure what happened afterward, though, like why they were in trees and stuff like that. But the the they do fully believe that the reason uh, that they left was because of this weird delayed small avalanche that came and well could they have gotten up in the issues? trees to avoid being hit by like we get up higher yeah. so the snow doesn't hit us and we don't end up under it maybe they're basically just saying though they don't have a reason to explain why all the bodies where they were the tongue being missing and all that stuff and whatnot but that you know the, the theories continue from then you they're looking at theories that we already covered in the Who episode paid which for was this like, study was it russia was the Russian government oh, paid for this? I remember I remember a story that we read recently that was like the case is back open or something like that. Yeah, that 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 was a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, in an article pay, published today this? in the journal is the Journal of Communications, Earth and Environment. Research is presenting data pointing to the likelihood 
that a bizarrely small delayed avalanche may have re- be responsible for the gruesome injuries and deaths of nine experienced what hikers. What is the name of this journal? Communications, Earth, and Environment is what National Geographic is sourcing. Let's click on this. So this is na- it's nature.com that, bring- that goes to this. Johan Guam and Alexander Puzrin. Puzrin. You can click on them. Uh, Alexander Puzrin is uh, an institute for ge- geotechnical engineering. Ooh, this is Switzerland. Switzerland. Two Wild. Switzerland scientists did this. Wild. The other one was Johan Guam, School of Architecture, Civil and Environmental Engineering, EPFL, blah, 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 blah. So they're both, you know, not nobodies, and it wasn't Russia. There's actually like, they can, sh- uh, I'll, do, I'll, I'll link the this article. This is a legit study. Yes. Yeah. Here, I'm linking it right here into the Zoom chat. You can actually go look at what they're talking about yeah. smothering and where the wind slab was coming. It literally okay. has the abstract and the yep. introduction, the results oh, of the study. Oh, this is the full-on study. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah you is, can see, like, the study. graphs yeah. and charts and all sorts of things. Wow. Yep. This isn't BS. Okay. Nope. Yep. This is not BS. This is from a few days ago, not the meme article that you uh, that you had. Although, again, um, who sponsored the study? I'll look into that. How? Yeah, that's true. I mean, how do you know that there wasn't a Bigfoot at sponsoring this study? Yeah, like the, how like, do Bigfoot you know, spend their money? Part Great question. Well, here's something. There's a lot of in math 2015, in this. the investigative committee of the Russian Federation reopened the investigation. And in 2019, concluded that a snow avalanche was the most probable cause of the, the Russian accident. Federation <laughs> opened it. That was for that the was, 2015 yeah, to 2019. The same Russian Federation that hit them with lasers. Not exactly, exactly. But Russian space it's lasers. It's consistent with this study. What they said, right? Yes, so, that's what it, it seems like. It's consistent. Interesting. Uh, based on the significant amount of data published material, it seems that previous investigations lack an important ingredient. A quantifiable physical mechanism that can reconcile the avalanche hypothesis with seemingly conflicting evidence. Identifying such a mechanism may provide new insights into the nature of storm-triggered snowpack instabilities, which is another important motivation for this work. So they're basically saying, like, they concluded all this stuff, but they don't. They still were missing, like, the. it didn't make sense. There was a missing puzzle piece, and they created the missing puzzle piece. This is how they think it went down. Amazing. I... This yeah. is a very thorough investigation. I mean, it's, this is there is so much math in this that I'm surprised. Slope angle and friction because they have a whole topography of it and like the whole area. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to take a I mean, this is some this is an insane breakdown. I mean, look, I know that people who don't understand it and just want the mystery to be alive are just going to take one look at the study and say, no, it's a lie. But that's not the kind of thinking that you can that you can do anymore. Look, just look yeah, at it, like these, read it, and just these equations are just like my brain hurts. Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, like, them. how can you trust a thing where H is a number? Come on, guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't, what are we in yeah, alphabet land? What is this letter town? You crazy? <laughs> you can't have letter fractions. What are letter fractions? Uh, anyway, yeah, that's what I wanted to bring to the table. Uh, I thought you had actually thought of this, Jesse, but um, uh, no, I uh, not seen no? this. I had seen the one that said Bigfoot uh, shot them all, but now we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of, I just want to put, I just want to put this out there. Dietlov Pass episode was like two years ago. That was episode Don't 11. Tell me things like that because I was younger then. You <laughs> younger then. That was August of We could actually like boys. hang out with, like see each other. Remember when we did? Yeah, we yeah. saw did each a, other. Like we did a live show. Remember that? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Shout out to Boston, the time. only city. 
Yeah, of our, of our live show city. tour. Yeah, that was it. That was <laughs> the last place that I ever went was got. Boston. Yeah. Well, our audience has grown since then. So the next one in ten more years, whenever it'll be, oh, man, it'll I be can't wait. Off. I can't wait for Alex <laughs> to fall in more piss water. <laughs> Dude, that was invigorating, though. Let's be real. Invigorating. <laughs> like, I felt like I was in a, sh- at a punk show again. It felt great. <laughs> Uh, I know shout it's out weird. to that ball, the one ballroom they closed down because of the pandemic, unfortunately. No, uh, I, yeah, not enough live events, huh? No, yeah, surprise. Damn, uh, that sucks. Alex, you got anything for us? Yes, I do. I do have something from from, from uh, December from Metro dot uh, co dot uk, which is a website whose slogan is news ellipses, but not as you know it. Uh, so picture this, okay. It's just a little bit before Christmas, okay? You're the mom of the house. You got your groceries. You got your vegetables. You got to prepare some food for your clan to eat. Oh, no. You're in Essex, for your England. Clan. Oh, okay. Okay? And okay. You're, you're just doing the little thing that you normally do with your sprouts. You go, you, 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 you top and tail them. You cut them. You put a little cross on the bottom so they cook better. We know this. But imagine, I'm going to just read the quote. Ready? I was taking out the sprouts, topping and tailing them and putting a cross on the bottom when I saw a face. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, it could be Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh, no. no. I'm so excited. So I sent you guys a link to the picture of uh, Brussels sprouts, Jesus. And I'm just going to read you guys. <laughs> I'm going to read you guys some quotes from this article. I didn't have the heart to cook him. So I left the sprout in a corner cupboard and he just sat up there for a little while. I thought it was funny, and it was even funnier because I found him just before Christmas. When I saw the face, I shouted to the kids, look, I don't know if it's Johnny Depp or Jesus. <laughs> it reminds me of that meme that's out there that I don't know if it's true or not, where they said they gave their grandmother a gift saying it was a picture of Jesus, and it's a picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi from Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh but yeah, uh, when I spotted this particular sprout, I thought it was funny. It just made me laugh. I said to my friends, I wish for Johnny Depp for Christmas, and I got him at the bottom of a sprout. I like them roasted with a little bit of Parmesan <laughs> or with a little bit of maple syrup and nutmeg or a little bit of bacon. Oh, maple syrup? I never tried that before. And then this uh, article ends with the greatest uh, uh, quote that I've ever heard in an article, which is, Jesus, the Brussels sprout, was put in the recycling bin after he started looking less like Jesus. and it was enough to get her name in the paper uh it looks a lot like jesus uh to its credit and she also got a picture of herself and her two kids which is you know always fun kind of looks like hitler wearing a hood or Johnny Depp. uh, in in do you not see what i'm saying do Do you not see the hitler stash it has a little johnny depp though yeah i see the i see the johnny depp i see the hitler i see the jesus but i also see like uh, I see like uh, who who does it even remind me of? Like like Uncle Rico, like like he's got like that sort of like like almost like the human version of Snoopy's cousin. You know that other that other beagle. Yeah, you know I'm talking about like yes. he's just got that like my name is Earl energy on this on this Brussels sprout. <laughs> I don't know. My favorite part is the image of the family, the kids. It looks. Like how you would imagine a modern British family. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's the old way, you know, like, f- you know, 50 years ago, what you imagine a Brit looked like. And now there's like the modern Brit family. And they really have exactly like how you would imagine them. 
Yeah, shout out to that kid in the Yankees hat, though. That's representing. <laughs> representing. Uh, but shout outs to Essex. Shout outs to uh, fuck it. Shout outs to Jesus. Shout outs to uh, John. Yeah, shout Walker, outs to everyone. Shout out to everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. What a, what a pleasant little story to end this little mm-hmm. Minnesota on. Thanks so much, Alex, for tying it up with a smile and a Brussels sprout <laughs> I'm, Jesus. I'm linking this in the uh, subreddit right now uh, without so any, people can without go any context. Right. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, that's it for us, guys. We'll be back next week with another mini-sode following our next episode. Thank you guys for the support on the Patreon, as always. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Chaluminots. You can no, don't. You can't do this. Come on, that was perfect. That, that was, was perfect. very good. Hello, my little. I hate it. Still hate is it. That, <laughs> is that a Mathis impression? That's Mathis's patented greeting to these minisodes, guys. Welcome to the minisode. This is the minisode for episode eighty-nine of the show, which featured Davis as a guest, and so Davis is here on the minisode as well. What a treat for you guys listening to this months later what and being like, treat. oh wow, another and another episode with Davis. Unless you didn't like me and then it's like, ah, fuck, this guy. <laughs> Unless you didn't like me. He said it himself, folks. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash it, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Patreon.com slash Chaluminati Pod is who you have to thank for being able to hear this at all. But if you want to hear them right as we finish our episode, they, they're uploaded at the exact same time. So if you're enjoying these and you want to hear them as they come in a little more timely manner, go ahead and sign up there. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, but also today, uh, in lieu of articles, it's a little special uh, just because we have a guest here. I thought it would be fun to do listener stories uh, for today's mini-sode. So I got each of us a little listener story to read. Uh, so Jesse, I have one for you here. Uh, oh no! To kick us off, I hope you don't mind. This one was specifically for you, so there it is in the in the chat for you. There, go ahead and check it out. A story specifically for me. That's right. Oh no! All right. Wow, this is a long one. Okay, a story for Jesse, the possessed baby. This is by Doctor Philly. It was just too good. Like I couldn't. Are, it, it's is yeah. he referring to you as the the possessed baby or? It's no, just I hope the not. Possessed baby I hope is the title I hope story. I'm not story for Jesse, aka the possessed baby, <laughs> aka Crocosaurus Rex. <laughs> Hi everyone, longtime listener from the Netherlands here. Feel free to use this story in the podcast, guys. I've told it many times in pub, uh, publications, really, and even on national television a couple of times in my country. What? Okay. I feel like most community stories here are focused on pleasing Alex and Mike. However, this story is one that will please Jesse for once. I feel like he deserves a win, too. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. This story starts back in 2008. I was about 12 years old. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What a baby. Oh, my God. That makes me feel so old. Great summer of movies. We got Dark Knight, Iron Man, Hellboy 2. Oh, wow. Tropic Thunder. What a year. <laughs> Great. I, I was about 12 it. years old and sitting in a restaurant with my family on holiday in Portugal. I've always wanted to go. Uh, I have. It's a, amazing. Me too. I'll let you read the story. I, let's all go, the three of us. Let's just let's make the plan now. Like I, sister oh, traveling Coxcon, I was like, we should do time in Portugal before Coxcon. But I would love I would love to go to Portugal. Uh, I have a very close friend of which I am. Uh, oh, oh, I have a very close family of which I am the youngest. 
I have two older sisters and an older brother. We were enjoying the warm summer evening on the terrace at night, having some refreshing drinks and reminiscing tales of our family. We were talking about weird facts about my siblings from when they were younger. My brother would fall a lot as a kid, but just stand back up with a big smile on his face. Turns out he was always a tough MFR with a big heart. My youngest sister had bad reactions to paracetamol, which triggered sure. epileptic seizures, which almost killed her a couple of times. Oh, my God. My oldest sister almost got abducted by a creep as a kid. Those kinds of stories. That's the kind of story. I think every big family has a couple similar stories that are weird, concerning, funny, or downright bizarre. Look, I almost decapitated my cousin. It's fine. We all have those stories. What? It was at Disneyland. Don't. We were riding in boats. You know what? I, I, it's true. I almost fell off a cliff because I slipped in my cousin's seven up. Like I was at Badlands. Everyone has like a weird, crazy story from when they were a kid that you somehow survived. Yeah. It seems like my brother and sisters had many things going on with them in the past. Injuries, broken relationships, getting lost in the supermarket, you name it. Then the attention turned to me, the Benjamin of the group. My mom explained that she always thought there was something special about me. A medium once told her that I had a sixth sense of sorts and I would achieve great things on a spiritual level. In the end, I became a TV performer in psychological illusionism. So I guess she was sort of right while being very wrong. My acts are based on trickery and psychology, not paranormal. Interesting. I feel like a lot of magicians who do the whole like eh, magician thing. Yeah, they, 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 they know they're tricking. Like they still say, I'm about to lie to you. And then they'll do something and be like, gotcha, fools. Like, yeah, the good ones will do that. Um, where was I? I apparently knew things I shouldn't have been able to know, like the unannounced pregnancy of a friend of the family, including the gender, that sort of thing. My mom told me that these grand stories about me doing impossible things, uh, I could not remember any of it. My dad would shake his head here and there in disbelieving and contradicting way. He is not a spiritual person at all. However, suddenly he remembered something interesting. The tone of his voice suddenly became very serious among all the strong tales my mother told, which he told us to take with a kilogram of salt. I love very that European. Yeah, I, I love, love that. that. Yeah, <laughs> there was one instance that he could not explain. Apparently, when I was one, not exactly an infant, but still a baby, there was something very serious going on with me up until the age of one. I was a pr uh, particularly chill baby. Not much crying and very cute, which is still a fact. <laughs> How strange. <laughs> this is my favorite part, which is, is still a fact to this day. <laughs> Not much crying. Still a very chill baby. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> but suddenly, start, uh, starting at some random day, my parents would wake up to me crying and in complete panic. So they would go upstairs and soothe me and get me back to sleep. All would be well. I would be peaceful, uh, peacefully asleep. They go back downstairs. But 10 minutes later, bam. I'd be crying, kicking, and screaming again. This would happen multiple times at night and go on for weeks. So my parents took me to a doctor, uh, f took me to a doctor, I assume threw me on a slab and were like, fix our kid, yo. That's how, that's good parenting. Hell yeah. 
Since we live in a country where healthcare is not only free, but also very high quality. Thanks. This is an attack. I yeah. Feel. Wow. Ouch. Specialists were involved. I was put through a plethora of tests. <laughs> Would you say it's a plethora? A plethora of tests. <laughs> uh, the doctors could find nothing wrong with me. My parents were very concerned and felt powerless. There was something wrong with their youngest baby, and they were still recovering from a miscarriage before me. Since it didn't, uh, since it didn't stop, my mother was convinced it must have been a, a haunting. It must have been haunted. What? We lived in a 17th century house that used to be a brothel, a hospital, a morgue, and was headquarters for a group of Waffen SS that got killed by mortar in the room where I slept. You are haunted. Jesus. Holy shit. Jesus. If there was a haunting, it would be in this house. It's like an entire Doctor Who episode in one bedroom. The house, beautiful as it is, had a creepy vibe. Uh, a vibe. I'll share some pictures that are publicly available so you can see what I'm talking about. And there are pics here. Um, oh, wow. It is a beautiful home. This is a... Look at that. Look at that pool. Wow. This is an incredibly beautiful home. Also, third picture... Oh is God. what I assume is the sign of the brothel that was there before. Right? This house oh is my so God. gorgeous. Yeah. God, this is nice. There's a, this house definitely has a history. It wow. looks like the house. It looks like the house from the girl from the dragon tattoo, though. Let's I, be real. It's not like my, I'm like a, I love like modern styling stuff. So it's not my style, but like if I just like had this house, I'd be like, I could live a happy life here. The difference with it being in Europe over like something of that style in America is that like it's real. You know what I mean? Like oh, it's not like to manufactured like, to fit yeah. a vibe. It's like, no, this is, yeah. it's actually is that vibe. Yeah. What? So I love the whole bridge of the little stream and the, what a, what a quaint, totally haunted house. Uh, I completely believe that you were haunted. <laughs> I can like see, what was it? Alma? What was the fear three? Like I could see like a weird <laughs> ghost child like walking, the windows. walking across the like pool and like just light <laughs> footsteps in the water. Wild. So my mom started inviting mediums. My dad strongly disapproved, uh, but still kept one eye shut because he didn't know what to do either. The strongest medium, as my mom says, I also don't know what this means. She probably uh, are. She was probably arc archmage at Winterhold or something. Gotcha. Oh, gotcha. Some Skyrim. Got gotcha. Um, was certain that the house was not only possessed by many deceased souls, but it was demon infested. My mom went into total protection mode and had the whole house cleansed. Oh they held God. seances to repel the demons. My mom invited her witch's coven to control the spirits. She was into Wicca at the time. <laughs> Just a little note. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, she had a witch's coven. No big deal. However, nothing seemed to help. In fact, it got even worse as time went on. My parents thought of moving but they had their business where we lived and the house was a huge investment. I mean, I can tell that the house is gorgeous, but then when they were at their most desperate, it suddenly stopped. It just stopped. No more night terrors for baby. Dr. Philly. I got older. My parents never told anyone about the incident growing up in the house had some bumps in the night, which is common for an old creaky house like that, but nothing crazy as the haunted baby ever happened. As my dad finished the story in the Portuguese restaurant, my mom got a little emotional. My sisters asked questions about if they ever figured it out. My dad shook his head. Suddenly, my brother started snickering from the end of the table. He started laughing. My dad got annoyed and was like, dude, this is a very serious subject. Why are you laughing? My brother went, 
Well, I guess now is a good time as any to come clean. Oh, my God. Oh, the Jesse twist. I love this. My parents were dumbfounded. What did their idiot son do now? Play with the Ouija board, sell his soul to the devil for a PS1, Mathis. Sell my soul <laughs> for a new skateboard. Turns out he thought it was funny to sneak out of his bed in the middle of the night, softly walk up the stairs to my room, grab a hold of me while shaking me violently. Whoa! Wake up, Dr. Philly, wake up! Then I would be in a complete panic, not knowing what was going on and not be able to make use of words to explain what was happening. My brother would then sneak back downstairs, pretend to, pretend to be asleep. My parents got out of bed to calm me down. He would be laughing under his covers, waiting for 30 minutes. Get up, repeat the process. This tomfoolery, part oh my of my God. English, went no, on for months. Word. And my brother kept it secret for 12 years. Today we're laughing about it anytime the story comes up. But there you uh, there you. But there you see, guys, it's not always something paranormal. Sometimes it's just an annoying older brother being a cunt. <laughs> this wins for you, Jesse. Have a good one, boys. Uh, but what was possessing the brother? The brother. Yeah, what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. That, uh, I mean, that's, Dude. Uh, I, I will say, this, the, <sighs> this, the story, which is great, by the way, the, the story about the house, though, I think is fascinating, just like the background, because my parents when they lived in Kentucky, they lived in an area of Louisville that literally is right next to the Rutherford B. Hayes, like where he had, I guess, plantation also next to an, a Native American burial ground next to a Civil War battlefield next, like all these different places that I was like, if there was There's, ever some there place, to be was, a ghost. if there was yeah. ever some place that was gonna be haunted. Plus, my parents, their guest bedroom where I slept was like the creepiest room ever. It had weird yellow wallpaper and they were like, it was from the original house. We don't want to change it. And I'm like, this room is haunted. Never. Not once did I see a ghost. So I'm like, if if there ever is going to be a ghost, it has to be at like one of these places. And the fact that he's like, it was my brother just again goes to be like, ah, I don't know. Still waiting. Still waiting for Twin a haunting. Peaks. Could be Twin Peaks. You never know. I don't know. Uh, but that was great. That, yeah, was, a, I, that was a great you story. Were right. That is the perfect example of every time I hear a haunting story, I think to myself like, all right, but what really happened? Yeah. Thank you, baby Philly. Yeah. Who's the brother under the bed? Yep. Uh, okay. So that's that story. Uh, Davis, here's another one for you. A little different tone. Okay. Ooh, does this one have an, an art asset? Uh does it? I don't know. No. There's an image. Okay, this one is called There's Something in the Forest. Oh, no. Uh, this story is okay to share on the podcast if you would like to. I've included some links to independent research of mine that could be of interest. This is also by SLM. Ooh. Isn't that like an esports team? Um, Probably. Hey, guys. I've been listening for about a year now and really enjoy the show, so I thought I'd share my own experience from a few years ago. I definitely consider myself skeptical by nature, and these two encounters can probably be explained rationally, but sometimes an experience is too strange and intriguing not to share, to not share. I grew up and attended high school in a mid-sized Connecticut suburb. At the time, I was an avid runner and member of my high school's cross-country and track team, so I spent a good amount of time practicing by going for long-distance runs around the area. We would start at the high school... After classes were dismissed, navigate along the sidewalk and end up going to either the local park to the south or meadow to the northeast, looping around tractor trails and by our own our town ferry. Oh, that's cool. Given that I had both grown up in the town and had been running the trails for all of high school, I was very familiar with the environment 
by the fall semester of my senior year. Around late September, when the cross-country season began ramping up, our coach would have the varsity folks split off from the remainder of the group so they could do more strenuous runs, five to seven miles usually. I had, finally, qualified in my senior season, and so me and the other six varsity members decided to go down to the park and do loops in the forest trail. This is where the first oddity occurred. <clears throat> wish I had that man. energy. Yeah. Damn. wish I had the energy to go do loops <clears throat> of anything. Five to seven miles sounds... I could do like a mile in high school and it would like kill me. And I played tennis. It, this sounds- You're my literal hero. I, I literally want to be you. After lagging behind the top five varsity members, there's a range of ability out of the seven of us, and we couldn't really keep up. My friend and I were jogging along a trail which cuts through a brownfield site. We decided to catch our breath and wander around the area, which mainly consists of dilapidated factory infrastructure, big dirt mounds, and the occasional pile of concrete rubble. As ah, we- Stargate SG-1. What is what is Brownfield? Is that- uh, so I just looked it up. Uh, in urban planning, Brownfield land is any previously developed land that is not currently in use that may potentially be contaminated with something. So oh. it's former industrial sites of some they- sort. Is that like people talk about like gray water, like brownfield is like a similar idea of like it's not clean. If you ever are driving around L.A. and you see like an area that's fenced off and in the middle, there's nothing there. That's a brownfield yeah. site. Like no one's building there. It's just fenced off because they don't like, know. What is that? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of places like that. Um, yeah. As yeah, we ab- Sorry. <clears throat> as we absentmindedly approached one of the these concrete piles during our hike, I suddenly got a very bad cautionary feeling in the pit of my stomach. There were no visuals to back up my sudden concern, but I figured that since it was just the two of us out here, I should voice the feeling to my friend regardless. After all, no point in keeping quiet and potentially falling victim to avoidable danger. It's very rational. My friend actually agreed (laughs) that he felt a similar sudden dread, and we both decided to continue our run back on the trail and return to more familiar territory. Normally runs through the forest are very relaxing thanks to the scenery. But this felt entirely different. I was very, very aware of how the Brownfield site had a lot of features, factory shells, pipes, rubbles, etc., which obstructed our line of sight. I felt like we were being stalked on our return and didn't feel safe until we were in the park clearing where the playground and dog park was. were. Both of us ran much faster than we would have otherwise, at some points fully sprinting along the trail to vacate the area as soon as possible. Like I said at the start, this alone can definitely be a psychological thing, but it's never happened before. Something just flipped like a switch for both of us out in the brownfield. I've never gone back and stayed strictly on the trails closest to the clearing. About two weeks later, the group had chosen to run in the meadow. It's basically a wide expanse of farmland where town landowners grow turf to sell. There's very little shade and it can be quite the slog of a run in summer, but in autumn in Connecticut makes the route pretty enjoyable. Oh, my God. I bet it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I had stayed after class to finish up a conversation with the teacher. And so the rest of the team had gone ahead and I planned on rendezvousing with them. I started on my run, eventually reaching the meadow and approaching the trail nearby the ferry. Then I got the same feeling from the brownfield. Only now I was alone. I continued my jog, hoping to reach the ferry building where at least other people would be in the vicinity. The meadow's tree line continues all along the path, separating the open turf fields from the river. Again, I was basically in an open sprint. I know this sounds very cliched, but mid-sprint, I tripped. Seriously, my foot rolled on top of a stone in the trail, and I stumbled forward and was on my hands. Once I stood up, I looked towards the trees again. Now, 
People respond to fear in different ways. Some people Uh-oh. scream. Some people use profanity, etc. However, I think the most visceral kind of fear response is when your whole body just tenses up and you fall dead silent. That's what happened to me when I turned around toward the tree line and saw a silhouetted, long-armed, bear-like figure peeping its head out from behind a tree. I got, holy shit, staring at me. Yeah. I didn't move. I just looked at it. Then the bear bounded away on two legs and slithered into the river. What do you mean slithered? What the fuck? What do you mean then slithered into the river? I don't like that. A snake bear. I made no noise. I ran, uh, got back to the school and went home. I've never seen it since and I've since moved away to college. That's the story. It could be an animal or a hallucination or something else. I do not take drugs and I do not drink, but I think there's something in the forest. And then there's some... Last note, after having written this, I did some research and found a Wikipedia page of American folklore creatures called fearsome critters. They're mythical, but it's the source of traditions like the uh, jackalope. On it, there's something called the hide behind, which mostly fits the description. Uh, Maybe there's some truth to every myth. I'm not sure. Hope you guys enjoyed the tale. Looking forward to future episodes. What the hell? That Uh, gave me a little freaky feeling, didn't it? The that, hide when, behind that dude, it got me. Um, oh, I've been like really into like spooky little short stories. Like, I mean, I like read all of Lovecraft after playing Bloodborne, and I just listened to like an audiobook uh, about like it's like a Wolverine story. It's called Wolverine the Long Night, and it's sort of like creepy happenings in Alaska, and Wolverine's kind of involved. There's some weird killings and I reading that because I didn't read ahead. I was just reading, reading, reading. And when it got to the bear figure, I legitimately got freaked. It like, you were got in me. Yeah. I was like, Oh, Whoa. I was, I didn't read ahead. This is just what it said. And it was, I love there's something like weird and spooky, but it's a thing, right? Like, don't we, we can, you can sense when you're being watched. You can be, you can. Yeah. It's part of human nature. It's, it's prime. Like, primal uh part of who we are there's a survival instinct yeah absolutely it's it's why we are afraid of things behind us things above us and things below us because of when we had to run from things that ate us (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's who we are did you click through to see the hide behind i'm looking at it right now it's fascinating um it looks kind of like the way it was described my favorite part about the introduction is it says they're victims were you know were lumberjacks and they would take them back and devour their intestines. But the best way to fight them off, alcohol. <laughs> I love that they have an aversion to alcohol. So if you're a lumberjack, drink at night is I think That's the lesson like here. Fucking wasted. Threw bro. that in there as a reason to uh, justify their behavior. I take it. It's like we, I feel like we've all been there and done that. When I was um, like 12 to 14, I lived in England and I live right by a pond in a whole forest walk and. You know, when you're young and you kind of like look around and it could just be like any animal or even just the light or wind blowing. And you're like, I, I swear to God, I saw something there. And even as an adult, when I if you go out on like a hiker, when I, sometimes you're just like, did I is there something that's crazy or am I crazy or is there something? And is it a snake bear? <laughs> that story <laughs> felt real because it didn't have like the dramatic trappings that some of these stories sometimes have where they like give like dramatic foreshadowing and stuff i guess there was a little bit but like 
the way that it shook out and the way that it felt, I felt authentic. I felt it was an authentic. Feeling. Let me just. That, well, and let he me was, just add he's the this. age. I mean, I guess he was a senior in high school. But also, when you're younger, you're more susceptible. Like it, it feels totally like I get it. Let me add Agreed. to this uh, story, and I guess you can add this to the episode. I'm gonna add a link. Gravity Falls did a two minute short on the hide. The show is great. It's a it's it's a two minute uh, video that exists that you can look up on YouTube and it's the Dipper's Guide to the Unexplained, the Hide Behind. And it's great. It will tell you everything you need to know about this strange critter. I love that. Uh, One last story, a little quick one for you from Mythical Rake on the subreddit. This one is called Marissa. Quick warning. This story jumps around a little bit. I had a Christian upbringing and never really believed spirits could visit us in our world until I had this experience. When I was five, I believed I could remember being in heaven and held some knowledge of the Holy Trinity, something not very common for someone of that age in the church. Hmm. After a few weeks of listening to me, my mother sat me down at the dinner table asking me to draw a picture of what it was like. I remember drawing what I believe was supposed to be Jesus, myself, and a crying little girl who caught my mother's eye. She asked me who the crying one was, and I responded with, that's the little girl who asked to be your daughter, and he told her no. Looking shocked, my mother sat beside me with her head in her hands, and when she looked back at me, she explained I was supposed to have a twin sister, and every year around our birthday, she would have a visitation. My toys would go off when everyone was asleep. She would hear a little girl running and giggling around the house, calling out for her to come play. This went on until I was about Hmm. four, when my brother and sister both adopted, parents and I went to the jewelry store in my hometown to get her a Mother's Day gift. We picked out a ring with a birthstone for my father, brother, sister, and myself, but before we could pay, my father stopped them and asked for an extra garnet. From that day forward, the haunting stopped, but I've always felt that my sister's spirit has been with me. Huh. Pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. It is interesting. Uh, Mythical Rake also adds in the comments that perhaps I didn't know I didn't. I know I didn't include it in the story, but even the doctor couldn't pinpoint why she didn't make it. The closest thing he could figure was that she was there long enough to make sure I would be safe before passing away. I wonder. Hmm. When, how old did, I mean, this, it's a fascinating story. I'm curious, you know how sometimes you will say a thing or think, you know, a thing, but it's only because you've been told it a long time ago and you just forgot. Like, I wonder if he knew that he had a sister and then he just like, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting to think about. They were, they were five in the, when they were doing the drawings. So like it's probably just some kid stuff. Admittedly, kids are effing creepy. Like every, I will see. You know how every so often you see kids and they say things. And you're like, "What did you just say?" And they're like, "The man at the door has horns, mommy." <laughs> and you're like, "The what?" Like that. Yeah. Kid, like the boy under my bed says hello. Kids say stuff, and you're like, "What are you actually saying right now?" What do you? There's th- a great. There's a great like. That's a great rabbit hole on YouTube to jump down. Is kids saying scary shit. It's 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 terrifying. I don't need that in my life. (laughs) It's you know, what do I do in the middle of the night? I watch other people's kids say haunting sentences. (laughs) I don't make any sense. I already don't sleep enough for my destiny and wow addictions. I don't need to like also then just be too scared. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, But guys, we're here at the end of another wonderful mini sode. 
brought to you by patreon.com slash Chiluminati pod, the single greatest website ever made. Single uh, greatest website. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your support. It means literally everything to us. Uh, Mathis can't be here because he's moving, but I'm sure he feels the same way. Davis, again, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It uh, was even on my the pleasure. It was very like uh, stimulating from like a just like a lot of information. There's yeah. all the stories were cool. The episode about the insane, the little rich person's Bacchanalia thing was really, <laughs> or the, was it the Bohemian Grove? Yeah. Coconut Grove. Yeah. They're just like, uh, Coconut Grove. they're so cool. And as like a, a writer, I'm, I'm like already thinking about how to adapt, like what's the Bohemian Grove. The horror movie is like what I'm thinking of right now already, but it's, it's been yeah. so much fun. This is great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, have, um, I haven't had to like read something out loud in a long time. And I thought I was going to I was like, yeah. oh, I hope I'm not. I hope I don't find out that I suck at like reading and then just saying it. You but, could um, be no you worse sailed than through. me. Yeah, you're great. Yeah. You sailed through. Um, Guys, thank you guys so much uh, for your support. This is the mini sode. This is the Chiluminati show. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Illuminati. Oh God! I missed saying that. Did I you, heard you did it for me while I was gone. Alice. Did you hear it? It was weird. Oh. I, I did actually. I did hear your little Illuminati. Didn't feel very right. well done. Mm. I appreciate you tempting though. I do appreciate it because they expect it at this point. I got to keep the love alive. It. You know what I mean? But they're paying fifteen dollars a month. I appreciate it, by the way. Thank you, folks. Mm. Yeah, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, welcome to the chill mini. Um, I'm not sure what the boys have brought, but uh, I'm just going to open this thing up with my favorite topic in the world. UFOs, baby. This comes from six days ago, February 26th. American Airlines this is on CBS News. American Airlines pilot reports long cylindrical object zoom by while flying over New Mexico. An American Airlines pilot saw what he described as a long cylindrical object zoom over the jetliner as he was flying to Phoenix in the skies above New Mexico Sunday. The FBI said it's aware of the incident and the Pentagon said the military wasn't conducting any tests in the area that day. Do you have any targets up here? One of the pilots of the American Air, American Flight 2292 asked air traffic controllers, according to a record of the transmission obtained by CBS News. We just had something go right over the top of us that, I hate to say this, looked like a long cylindrical object that almost looked like a cruise missile type of thing moving really fast that went right over the top of us. American confirmed the transmission was from Flight 2292 heading from Cincinnati's airport to Phoenix. The airline referred additional questions to the FBI, which said it was aware of the incident. They said, while our policy is to neither confirm nor deny investigations, the FBI works continuously with our federal, state, local, and tribal partners to share intelligence and protect the public. Spokesman Frank Fisher of the FBI's field of office in Albuquerque, New Mexico, said in a statement, anyone who is aware of suspicious or criminal activity should contact their local law enforcement agency or the FBI. Uh, the Federal Aviation Administration said in a statement to the pilot reported the sighting over New Mexico shortly after afternoon uh, on Sunday. The agency said air traffic controllers didn't see any object in the area on their radar scopes. You so could be go. one of those uh, metal uh, obelisks, monoliths. I mean, it's the cigar-shaped kind of fridge. Oh, you mean the ones that are just like appearing and people are, yeah, yeah Maybe yeah, they no. just shoot up into the air. You think about, ever think about that? No, it's a freaking cigar, cigar-shaped UFO again. Maybe They're that's what they've the always place. been. They're always around, dude, constantly. So this is just another sighting over New Mexico, a hot spot of the area. Uh, the Pentagon people said nothing, which obviously means doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean even if they said there's no testing, 
there's none that that you know that doesn't mean that there's not um the pentagon spokesperson told the national security correspondent the reported sighting happened about 400 miles away from the army's white sands missile range in southern new mexico so it was 400 miles from the closest missile range um a spokesman said the defense uh, advanced research uh, projects agency known as darpa the missile defense agency and the u.s strategic command didn't conduct any tests from the missile range on that sunday can you imagine just being that pilot they're like we don't know (laughs) yeah i mean it happens more often than you think i'm always in whenever i'm flying i'm always looking out the window just that feeling of like what the fuck should i do yeah, I, I imagine I'd be fucking scared. Like, because I like him. I imagine my first thought would be, "Oh shit, a missile!" All these passengers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, scary, that's scary, man. That's scary. That's my story, boys. No explanation. Just another fascinating UFO story continuing to happen in 2021. Disclosure is constant. I love that. Um, I've got a mystery. I've got another mystery. Uh. You know, one of it's based in it's a new story out of Indonesia, but it's based in, you know, one of the mysteries that's that's been plaguing mankind since the beginning, which is the mystery of our own life, our own birth, our own procreation. Right. Sure. Sure. This is the story of an Indonesian lady who gave birth to a healthy baby girl Uh just recently, this story is from February 17th on the Folks paper. Don't know what that is, but I believe it has something to do with Indonesian news. Uh, her name was Siti Zaina, and uh, she's from Sianjur Town in West Java. And uh, this was all the rage in her town uh, after she gave birth on that previous Wednesday after before uh, February 17th. She said, after afternoon prayers... I was lying face down on the floor when I suddenly felt wind enter my body through my vagina. And right. one hour Wait, later, what? one hour later, she gave birth to a healthy baby girl. She said that she could feel her belly stretching and visibly watch it grow larger. And then she went into labor. And one Do hour they have later, umbrella Academy there or Ooh, Dude, yeah, no, I don't right. know. But one hour later, she had a healthy baby girl. Uh, the police say the point is that we want to straighten out the confusing news about the pregnant woman who gave birth in a way perceived to be unnatural. We don't want this matter to foster wild rumors among the public. Who knows what's going on there? Obviously, you know, something like this, the the first thing your mind goes to is cryptic pres- pregnancy, which is the type of pregnancy where you do not know that you're pregnant and then suddenly yeah. you have a baby, which is just cra- I can't imagine how surreal that must feel. But you never know. Could have been a gust of wind that blew right into <laughs> her vagina. <laughs> Could have been. Yeah. I guess. Could have been. That's weird, dude. Not too bad. You Not know? too fucking bad. It's the type of mystery we don't get on this show a lot, but, you know, no. it makes you, it really makes you think. <laughs> I am, I am at least thinking. Really makes you think. Mm, uh, mm, uh, you know what? Sure. Virgin birth. You, I'm gonna go. The that thing way. that I feel bad about is like, do you think maybe she like fell in love with somebody? And absolutely, they were, and they weren't supposed to have. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. Absolutely, yes. You think that's what it is? I I have to believe that, unless there literally was a virgin birth, in which case, 
if that's well, true, I mean, someone called they God. They have they don't really talk about her like love life in here. Like it could be that she's a perfectly you know regularly she she has sex regularly with people and she just doesn't know that she got pregnant one time. But you know it, it has also to could be, that be has to be it. It also could be that your boyfriend and you had a baby and you don't want anybody to know, so you were just like. Uh, where'd that baby come from? Yeah, funny story. Oh, you remember how it was really windy the other day? You were like, "This wind is like horny." <laughs> Whoa, God. wind! Yeah, shit, dude. Relax. <laughs> At least buy me a drink first. All right, Jesse, you got anything? Yes, I do. What do you so, got? Last year, archaeologists were investigating this uh, ancient mound site in Turkey, and. It's in this greater region called the Konya Plain, which is, I guess, where many lost metropolises have been discovered. For some reason, this area is littered with ancient ruins. And while they were there, these researchers uh, were directed by a local farmer to a nearby canal where they, I guess, it had recently been dredged. And it revealed this large stone that kind of looks like, um, I don't know, like the Rosetta Stone in shape. And size, and it was marked with this unknown inscription. And the scientists were like, We could see it. James Osborne, the scientist, was like, We could see it sticking out of the water. So we jumped down in the canal up to our waist, waded around, got over to it, called up people to come and like read what it said. And right away, we were clear it was an ancient inscription. And it, it, thankfully, the um, Luwian is is the language. There are people who speak it and know it. Oh, damn. And so it was used in the bronze and iron ages in that area. Oh, my God. And so with the that kind of language alive is a miracle, by the right? way. I just want to say that to keep a language from the bronze and iron ages and still people today that can speak it. And I bet it has to do something with like throws at a stone and unlocking all of those words. And like, yeah. So they the translators came out. They took a look at the hieroglyphs. And um, it was boasting of a military victory, not just any military victory, but the defeat of Phrygia, an ancient kingdom that existed roughly 3000 years ago. Phrygia, P-H-R-Y-G-I-A, was ruled by a few people, but one of them named Midas. Mm. And based on this, and the way it's bragging and the bragging of this uh, steel, this this big, uh, you know, block, um, it's referring to the defeat of a King Midas. Hmm. The stone marking uh, also contains special hieroglyphics symbolizing that the victory came from another king, a guy named Hartapu. And it suggests that Midas was captured by Hartapu's forces. And it says the storm gods delivered the opposing king to his majesty. And what's significant about this isn't the Midas thing, because there are a bunch of people named Midas. And, you know, the story of Midas is you know just a story. But what's interesting is that Phrygia is a known commodity. It is a known kingdom. But no one knows a damn thing about a king Hartapu, nor what huh. kingdom he ruled, nor whether like why this mound was there maybe that's the just his mmo name maybe yeah maybe <laughs> or no one knows anything about um that they're currently digging up 
what appears to be a giant city spanning 300 acres that could very well be the capital city of Hartapu's so kingdom. fucking cool. But they know nothing about it. And in a flash, they now have proof of new information regarding the Iron Age in the Middle East. And so they're digging up more. And they're like, it's an incredible find. We just got lucky finding it. And now we kind of know so what crazy. we're digging up. Yeah. That, yeah, that's, that's it's crazy that I'm, we're still finding cities on our planet that just have been lost to time. I mean, and who holds no, who no, holds information that could completely change what we assume about our own history like that. Yeah, I, I just just to rehash a thing I'll say all the time, because I think it's fascinating. We look at ancient Greece the way ancient Greece looked at ancient Egypt. Which is think about that. It's hard to comprehend. Like it's really that's, hard. That's to put the pyramids that are at least five to six thousand years old. Yeah. Just like think about that's that. Nuts. Crazy. Like, uh, just a shout out to another podcast that I'm just a fan of. Hardcore history, man. Hardcore history does such a good job at like storytelling yeah. our own history. It's just bless that man. Yeah, because I mean, he puts out like one podcast a month or two or sometimes every six months. But like they're four hour deep dives in the most fascinating old world topics. That's cool, Jesse. Mm. I like that a lot. Oh, I'm going to look into that. I now. figured I would enjoy. I think it's super interesting that stuff like that still like you're still discovering. Imagine what happens if we can like deal with the ocean, right? If we can I, like go. Dude, the they ocean. just no. they just did like a, there's like a new camera technology that's like just about to like imagine a thing yeah. yeah who knows what weird shit we'll find i'm excited for that yeah it's bonkers yo that's it for us on this minisode everybody thank you so much for listening uh we will be back next week with yet another minisode following uh whatever episode 91 is gonna be Ooh. um i will tell you two boys this the next bigger topic either one or two episodes it's gonna be the classic betty and barney hill case oh no Finally. here we go oh it's no it's time to get back to aliens it's been a while i'm excited Thank you guys so much for your support on Patreon. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Anyway, me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside, and after a few moments, I hear my wife go, holy shit, get out here. So I quickly dash back outside, and she's looking up at the sky in awe. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky.